This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Indianapolis Colts. They want to become an elite football team. They want to become a championship-level football team. That way is where it lies. How do you get there? What does that path look like? And we're also going to talk about Indiana basketball. Indiana basketball with an overtime loss last night, the fifth game, where they've kind of collapsed late. They could have finished off an opponent. They did not. Why? And can this thing turn around? I talked to George Hill about that. We'll have that in a few minutes. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now for February 22nd, 2022. It's 22222. You got to bet that in lotto, right? 222 is a daily play? Could you imagine the amount of money that is go- would be dispensed to people who play 22222 anyway? Uh, hit subscribe. Hit the, the the like button. Let's go. Let's talk about sports, right? Ring the bell, all that stuff. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call. Trustable. They do the work right. They're not going to gouge you for it. 765-610-8809 is the number. All right. Here's what the Colts need. It's kind of like the roadmap out of this purgatory of mediocrity. And that's what the Colts have been. For the longest time, there have been ups and downs. It's been like this, right? 11 and 5, 11 and 5, 11 and 5, and then Andrew Luck gets hurt, and then he's back, and then he's gone, and then he's back, and then he's gone again finally, and you've got Jacoby Brissett, and then it's kind of mediocrity. Phillip Rivers, hey, look at we're pretty good, and then, ooh, Carson Wentz, we're not so good anymore. And that's kind of where this program is. So let's talk about the program and where it goes from here. What do you need? You need an elite-level quarterback. You want to win a championship, you got to have an elite-level quarterback. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You either get an elite-level quarterback, or you build an elite-level defense. What are you closer to? The easier hold plug for the Colts is that elite-level quarterback. How do they get it? We'll talk about that in a minute. You also need, if you're going to have an elite-level quarterback... 
You need another weapon, either a tight end or a wide receiver, who can be counted on for 90 to 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, 8, 10 touchdowns, something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be a wide receiver. It doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill. It doesn't have to be Cooper Cup. It could be George Kittle. It could be uh, Travis Kelsey. You can get guys like that. Rob Gronkowski, another one. Can you get a weapon to go with your elite-level quarterback in order to generate what's necessary in terms of wins? An elite-level quarterback, I'm, I'm afraid that Tom Brady would qualify as an elite-level quarterback. And, and there are people who said that they would stop being Colts fans if Tom Brady came to the Colts. I think he'd get over it pretty quickly. I think that when Tom, it's kind of like, it's a really bad, this is a bad comparison because I wouldn't root for Bill Lane Beer if if he came to my house and promised to be my teammate in two-on-two. I wouldn't root for Bill Lane Beer, but in Detroit, he was beloved. Everywhere else, he was absolutely hated. Tom Brady, beloved in New England. But let's not... He's a former Patriot. He is a reformed Patriot. Let's not cast him into that, that kind of bucket of forever Patriots. This is not Teddy Bruschi. We don't have to hate Tom Brady. We can hate Bob Kraft all we want. We can hate Bill Belichick all we want. But let's not hate Tom Brady. He played for them, right? He wasn't them. So Tom Brady coming to the Colts does not bother me at all because you better have an elite-level quarterback or you can't win. Period. End of conversation. And you're in an AFC with guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, right? You've got uh, Justin Herbert, who's becoming better and better and better and better. Is Deshaun Watson going to play? you got a lot of guys, Lamar Jackson, a lot of guys, MVP-caliber quarterbacks, who make it very, very difficult for you to win without having one of those guys. And Carson Wentz is not one of those guys. Whether you grade him 10th or you grade him 19th, wherever you rank him among the pantheon of quarterbacks in the NFL, Greg Rosenthal called him 19th, all right? Stuck him there between Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy Garoppolo. 19th, you can't win a Super Bowl with that guy. 10th, you can't win a Super Bowl with that guy you got to be better. You've got to have an elite-level quarterback. The Colts right now don't have it. All right, you also need a left tackle. Any left tackle will do on the, at this point. Eric Fisher, fine. Matt Pryor, fine. Hell, Julian Davenport would be better than nobody. And right now the Colts have nobody on the roster who can play left tackle. No one. That position is currently vacant. You got to get one of those guys. Is it going to be Eric Fisher? Eric Fisher coming off an offseason where he's not rehabbing that surgically repaired Achilles is going to be a better version of Eric Fisher. Matt Pryor was pretty damn good, right? At right guard, who you got? You know what? It depends on what also happens. And what also may happen is a trade of Quentin Nelson because Quentin Nelson is going to be $13.8 million against cap this year. And then, subsequent years, you're talking about an extension or a franchise tag where Quentin Nelson would be paid somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 to $22 million if they go crazy with that extension. And if you play, pay a left guard $22 million, you're psychotic. 
if you think that that isn't going to negatively affect your ability to win football games. It's crazy to pay a left guard that kind of money. So, you trade him. He's got value. Maybe you get a first-rounder back. You need a first-rounder because your list of assets... Oh, by the way, you also need this. You're going to have Pay and Dio Odengbo come to camp ready to play better football. And and I think Gus Bradley being the defensive coordinator is going to help toward that end. We still don't know who the D-line coach is going to be. Linebackers coach, exactly who I told you. DB's coach, exactly who I told you. D-line coach, still open. All right? Looks like Rod Marinelli is going to retire. He's chosen that. Happy wife, happy life. Okay, good. So, these two guys, they got to be better. And they've got to exert pressure on opposing quarterbacks or all the rest of the stuff is moot. What assets do you have to acquire these things? Right? Well, with Pay and Odangbo, hopefully you hire a defensive line coach who's going to extract the best out of them. Hopefully, with Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator, you're going to have a scheme that better exhibits or takes advantage of their gifts. That would be a good thing, right? Also, you've got Quentin Nelson. That's a guy you can trade. All pro, many times, uh, pro bowl every year. He's got to have value to somebody, and if he's got value, if he can get you a first-rounder back, you've got a a whole plugger that you can get with that first-round pick. That's nice. Maybe you just go get a fr- that that whole plugger. Maybe you get that number one wide receiver. I doubt it for Quentin Nelson. You'd rather have the draft pick because then with that first round draft pick, you can go get a guy and have him on the cheap for a while. And then you can spend money elsewhere. You've got 43 million against the cap right now. You can go get a wide receiver for that. Chris Godwin, you can get. Allen Robinson, you can get. It depends on how you want to spend that money, but you need an elite level weapon. Other than Michael Pittman, you need an elite-level quarterback. You need a left tackle. Those are non-negotiable. You have got to have those things. And if you get those things, all of a sudden, all else becomes possible. You could trade Carson Wentz. He still has value. Remember, Howie Roseman with the Eagles was able to get a first-round pick from the Minnesota Vikings in exchange for Sam Bradford. And Sam Bradford... Coming out of Philadelphia to Minnesota, where he didn't play bad football. You know what? Getting a first-round pick in that deal has to be much harder than getting a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Now, would it be great if they could unring the bell and and not give up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz in the first place? Sure, it would be. But those, those are your assets, and you've got to use them wisely in order to plug those holes and the hole at left guard, I, you know what? If I were the GM, I could plug in 15 minutes. I'd pick up the phone and i sign somebody. Just like the Colts signed Mark Lewinsky. You know, they've got Danny Pitter, right? They've got Chris Reed. Let's go. You can have Glowinski come back. That'd be all right. He can play right guard. We plug Pitter or Reed at left guard, and we're on our way. And... We're to the good of first-round draft pick. Again, I'm not hating on Quentin Nelson. Okay, that's how you get there. That's what you need. 
That's what you can use to go get those things. Now, Chris Ballard, go do that. It's your job. And then Frank Reich, coach him up. Get him there. Gus Bradley, coach him up. Get him there. Let's go. Let's stop crapping around and doing it on the cheap, shopping at Kohl's, and trying to look like some damn socialite in Kohl's garb instead of going to Saks Fifth Avenue and getting the real deal, getting the real stuff. Now, come on. All right, Indiana basketball. My, I talked to my mom today. My mom's a huge Indiana basketball fan. She, we're talking, and she goes, why don't they like each other? And I said, Mom, I think they do like each other. They've always liked each other. They just don't play well together. There's just no, no synchronicity attitudinally between the Indiana players, and that goes back to, like, Devontae Green and Romeo Langford and all those guys. That's what happens, right? They just don't, they don't have any kind of – they don't have a common goal. And they don't have a culture that's being recruited to. Archie had no culture. Tom had no culture. You got to have a culture. Because a culture allows you to go out and and recruit guys who fit. You can go get the 120th ranked player in the country recruiting a high school class to come to your program and play well and fit and contribute because he is he shows the traits of what your culture is. That's how you do that. That's how Purdue does this. Purdue doesn't go out and get like top 10 guys. They don't get five-star guys. They go out and get guys who fit what Purdue is. That's what Matt Painter does, and that's the brilliance of Purdue basketball. Indiana has none of that. Wisconsin's got it in spades. Wisconsin, if not for culture, they'd go 0-20 in the Big Ten. They don't have the talent other than Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis is pretty good. Then, What was Frank Kaminsky before he went to Wisconsin? And what was he after he went to Wisconsin? That's how you do it. You establish a culture. You recruit to it. Mike Woodson has got to get busy doing that right now because here's what you got. You got a bunch of guys who view every game as a potential showcase for professional basketball. They want to play in the NBA. They want the millions of NBA dollars in their pockets so they can take care of their families. This is their family's chance to gain wealth that otherwise would be unavailable to them. It's serious business to these guys. They didn't come to college like some, you know, some knucklehead from New Trier, north of Chicago with a... Well, I'm going to Indiana. I'm a pre-admit to the Kelly School, and I, I plan on running Daddy's company. That's not who these guys are. That's not what they're coming to Indiana for. They're coming to Indiana to go to the NBA. And Indiana, they think, is the place where they can get that done. That is what Indiana is to them. And Mike Woodson has got to stop recruiting those guys and has got to go get guys who are going to come to Indiana and ball out for Indiana and for each other and for him and become a collective because right now they're not a collective. They don't look like it, and they can't finish games because of that. And it's driving me crazy because this is year forever that it's been like this. If they're not willing to come together and play together and understand that achieving means winning, not making shots. They don't make shots anyway. They can't shoot. So you may as well try to win a damn game. Instead of, it's me. I want the Christian Watford moment. 
I want to hit the shot at the end of the game. Nonsense. Stop that. Not going to mention any names, but if they're if that's what they're like. You, you've got to build a team, not just aggregate qualities, not just aggregate skills. It's not Moneyball. Basketball is not Moneyball. You can't pursue it that way. Baseball is a series of man-against-man scenarios where one or the other wins. And you score runs because of those man-on-man interactions. Basketball is five-on-five. It's not a series of interactions. There's one ball, you got five guys. A well-set screen is every bit as valuable toward a made shot as a great pass. You've got to do it all correctly in order to score the basketball. And if you don't, you're not going to win, and Indiana's not. So they got to figure that out, and they got to do it right now. Parker Stewart, I feel terrible for Parker Stewart because Parker Stewart has exceptionally slow feet. He's slow on the defensive end. He's slow on the offensive end. There's all kinds of want-to with Parker Stewart, but he can't play. He can shoot, but he can't play. And that's just the way it is. I feel bad for him, but those are the facts. Xavier Johnson has got to get this squared away. This is really important for a point guard. If you don't have it together between your ears, nothing else matters with a point guard. Uh, They've got Maryland Thursday, day after tomorrow, at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. they got Minnesota at Minnesota on Sunday. They've got Rutgers back at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And if they want to go to the NCAA tournament, they got to run the table on those three games. I talked to George Hill when he was with the Pacers, about exactly this thing. The Pacers were kind of foundering, right? And it's foundering, not floundering. Flounder's a fish. Founder is what you do when you kind of, you got the wobbles. All right, Pacers are wobbling. So I'm interviewing uh, George Hill. And, and I say, George, is it possible for a team to kind of catch lightning in a bottle and go on a run? And he said, it's very, very rare. It does not happen a lot, if ever. And so I paid attention to that. When he said that, I was really surprised because the Pacers at that point were in a position where they really needed to do it. And he just pretty much said, it's not possible. So I paid attention. And you know what? He's right. It doesn't happen very often in basketball. It can happen, and we saw it happen with the Colts. Colts started out 1-4. and four. They kind of came together. They went on a run, wound up 9-6 and six before losing their last two. So 1-4, and 9-6, right? That's what they go, 8-2. and two. Pretty good. You can turn it around. Basketball's a different animal, according to George Hill, and I believe him. Uh, Tom Izzo says that eliminating the uh, handshake line would be a farce. How about we change it? How about we're not intractable about things, Tom, Coach Izzo? How about we open up the window a little bit and allow the winds of change to blow our hair back, Tom Izzo, from the UP, the Uper? All right, how about instead of getting guys together immediately after a game when they're still all pissed off at each other and the best-case scenario is everybody slaps hands and says, good game, good game, good game, good game, without any thought at all, 
How about we get guys together maybe 15 minutes after the game where there are no cameras and there's no crowd and there's no irritant to spark any kind of uh, conflagration. And we shake hands there and we hug and we say, hey, you know what, good game. I loved what you did. That happens. It happens all the time. We just don't see it because there aren't any cameras there. The handshake line is idiotic. It's got to stop because at all levels of play, you got guys throwing hands. They don't do it in the NBA, right? No. And this isn't football. Football, it never happens. Basketball, it does because basketball's personal. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. Remember to subscribe, like, ring the bell, all that stuff. It's my birthday. So we ring the bell. I got a cake. You want to see my cake? I'll show you my cake. Why wouldn't I show you my cake? Let's go. We've unplugged the microphone, so the audio is not great. But we'll show you. Uh, Julie got me a cake. Nice of her. All right. We move into the garage. And look at that. That is a spectacular cake that I can't wait to devour. We'll do that tonight. You know how we do cakes in this house? How many people? That's how many pieces. Two people, two pieces. We're both eating half a cake. Talk to you tomorrow morning, breakfast with Ken. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.